Hey there, my name is Tom, uh, and if you're an upcoming artist, you could, you've got to go check out Go Produce with my man Big Lou. What's up, what's up, smartest? We've got Tom Weston. He is a co-founding partner, composer, producer, and creative director of the Grayson Music Group. It has become one of the premier music production companies in North America, growing to a staff of 40 in its studio facility in Toronto, with an office also in Nashville. Grayson MG handles music and sound for over 400 brand projects a year. They have composed and supervised hundreds of series and feature films. Plus, they have countless co-writes with various artists. Tom has also been a finalist for Best Score at MASA 2019 and has been part of hundreds of award-winning advertising campaigns from Cannes, The One Show, and LIA. Smartists, this is Tom Weston. Woo! <laughs> Grumpy sound guy, super, super excited to have you. I'm very excited to have you here, Tom. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Lou. It's a pleasure to be here. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, let's not waste any more time. Let's jump right into it with our first segment. The first segment is called The Basics. Our, our grumpy sound guy, he's actually not feeling too well, but he sent in that recording just, uh, just to stimulate the rest of the conversation. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yes. Okay, so Tom. Why did you choose music, the music industry, over anything else? Oh, man. Um, I, I think music chose me. I got to be honest. Like, I, I, I think that's, that's true for any, you know, aspiring composer or composer or producer or artist. Like, I, I don't think you have much choice in the matter. I got to be honest. It's just um, uh, I recall, like, I came from a pretty musical family, and um, for me, as, like, my main instrument is guitar, and... Um, I remember my dad played, uh, he played me this crusty old cassette, you know, I don't want to date myself here, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, and it, I, he played me Purple Haze by Jimi Hendrix, the Jimi Hendrix Oof. experience. And I just, I mean, I didn't, I was pretty young and, and I just like, I couldn't even understand this weird swirl of emotion. And I'm like, what is this? Why am I feeling this way? And it just like it blew my mind, completely blew my mind, and and um, yeah, so it was a really visceral connection. Was that almost a moment where you 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 just said that you wanted to decide to learn how to do that? But was that a moment also where you decided this is what I have to do professionally as a career, whether it's professional music or working in music? When did, when yeah, was I, that turning point? That's a great question. I, I think um, like that was pretty just early on, and and I think like you know everybody experiences that that sort of that switch on moment um, in a different way, probably. Um, I felt like the transition to career was just like this kind of vague notion of like, oh man, I just need to be around other musicians and I want to play, I want to record, I want to write, uh, you know, uh, I didn't really have a very directed way at it, but I'd say um, like we started, uh, my founding partner and I started Grayson music uh you know i think we were we were just out of college university um and um you know i was like 24 years old and even then it was like oh okay um how are we going to do this like we thought okay well let's just you know we put a bit of money together to get get a little recording studio going a little setup and uh and kind of things blossomed from there but uh, i i don't know that there was like a 
there was no light bulb moment where I'm like, I have to make my living from this. Um, I mean, I was the whole time. It was really just trying to figure out how do I keep doing this? Um, and you know, like with the, you got to eat, right? So you got to eat. Uh, yes. That's the, that's uh, the greatest questions. Um, yeah. so I suppose, sorry, did I cut you off? I, no, I no, like there's more I, to the story. I was just going to say like, um, um, like after, after I went to McGill university and, and after that, I, I, I managed to, I went out West to a, a great SSL studio, uh, called uh, Hipposonic run by, um, great fellow named Rob Darch. Um, and, uh, and just basically started running like, uh, the, the runner job. So, um, it's like kind of the, it's the position where you're kind of like pre assistant engineer at the time, like. Again, this is also a time of kind of rolling tape and Pro Tools was like, uh, it was still the preeminent uh, digital audio, audio workstation, but it was it was de definitely like the technology was evolving at the time. So it was very clearly delineated, like what role you had, like, you know, there's the producer in the room, there's the engineer who's running the console, you had the assistant who's basically running around trying to patch in gear, um, and then the runner that's basically just everything from cleaning ashtrays miscellaneous to, yeah the old miscellaneous care and, and <laughs> you know so and and but that's that that was kind of the, that was the price to be able to like be there in the studio and put a reel up and actually say like oh man i can actually push faders on this g-series you know ssl um once in a blue moon you know whenever i was after the session was done at like 3 a.m you know you could kind of put up a reel and just trying to get a feel for what was going on uh just sonically and what the it was it was totally overwhelming, but um, but it was a great experience. Did you? How would you say you were able to land that experience? Was it because of the work that you did right after university with your with your partner in in terms of starting Grayson? In case other students who may may or may not have gone to school, they're trying to get that kind of internship feel. How would they yep. find that? That's a great question. Um, I think the really the, the the most important part of about like actually um I should say the most important part as as a rule but what worked for me and and um what worked for for Dave my partner um was that we just spent you know it's that Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours rule you know we spent so much time with the gear and trying to record and like trying to learn from people and like how do you oh how do you get the kick drum to sound like that or how do you um you know like even just musically like you know how's that oh this is an interesting melody or a turn or hook or whatever it is or how do they get that synth sound and you're just the constant curiosity has to fuel um like and again for me this was my process like having to sit with pro tools and make all the mistakes and like um yeah that sounds like shit <laughs> let's do that again um, and it's not because of the performer, it was because of, you know, the way I was recording it or, you know, for any number of reasons when you're starting out, it's hard. Like, I think you have to kind of, um, make those mistakes and, and until you have a few, there's always a moment when you even, you know, early on, when you're just working on a track or something. And I don't know, for me, you kind of get that, that kind of weird little tickle in the back of your neck and you're like, oh man, okay, this could be pretty good. This is pretty good. Like I'm feeling this, um, and that to me, that's like the, uh, that's the tonic, like that's what fuels you. Uh, and it can happen when you're playing, it can happen when you're, even when you're just like listening to an artist in the room or, um, or just somebody's doing a playback of something that, you know, you're part of and um, all of those things. And, but, but really the number of hours spent uh, just even 
you know, working the tools, you, you know, you don't need to be um, like a virtuoso piano player or guitarist to be able to like, you know, come up with a, a great progression or like there's so many tools at your disposal. Um, and so you kind of have to work, you have to be around them and, and, and expose yourself to them and try stuff. Um, try. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I drew, I drew curiosity from this. I drew repetition. I drew, uh, uh, essentially being okay with, um, failure. These are all qualities that, uh, are essential for this pursuit. Maybe those are the answers already, but I have to ask it anyway. What is the first lesson that you've learned from being in the industry, whether it was at university or what, whether it was uh, uh, your own experience with your partner? Uh, I would say uh, it's funny, I'm, and it's because you said it last was was failure. Like you kind of have to get used to failure, um, and it doesn't suit everyone. And, you know, I, I always say like if you can figure out like how to shelve like your, the ego a little bit, that's a huge, um, cause the ego can be, it can be very helpful because you, you have to self advocate, but there's a time and a place for it. And I think, um, sometimes if, if you can get out of your, get out of your own way, um, you know, some of the ideas will, will, will flow better and maybe the opportunities along with it. Um, you know, I, I, I had, I had a hard time, you know, especially it's such a personal thing, like, and it doesn't really, um, it doesn't really matter if it's like your solo record, or if you're like, you know, writing something for like a, a McDonald's commercial or writing for at least the way like I make no distinction in some ways, because you know, that process is, is can be quite similar, um, or a film like, or, or TV series, you're still you're kind of putting yourself out there. Um, you know, as much as 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 you like to deny it, it you know as an artist like in in, in any way shape That's or true. form um and and that and it hurts to get rejected so the one it's it's like it, i think that's an important lesson is like the rejection will there will be a lot of it um and just try and learn from it as best as you can i like to think as uh no is new opportunity rejection what's next i mean don't take it personal it's part of the game great lesson it's part of the yeah. game Tom, I got uh, one more before we switch segments. I really like this question. What would you change about the music industry? Ooh, well, um, that's a, that's another really great question. Um, I would say, I mean, I think in some ways we've been part of this this movement. Like it, it used to be verboten to have, you know, like if you know if you did commercials, like sell out. You know, those worlds did not cross. But I think. Um, I think part of that shift is it's that ship has long sailed and, and the shift in, in, in mentality is now, um, yeah, you know what? I, I want to release this and, and I also want it to, to be synced to a, a, a major brand spot or, you know, and what's uh, let's you? get it at the back of Gray's exactly like, um, Gray's anatomy or something like what, what, whatever that placement is, let's use it as a vehicle. And, and I think, I mean, that shift started maybe with like, when Moby literally licensed everything off that first uh, play record of his, um, oh, oh. and uh, you know, and, yeah. and 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 I think you know, long may that trend continue. Um, I'm hoping so. so too. I'm hoping to get involved in the trend myself. I mean, like, I'm quite quite new into the game, but sync licensing, 
across the board, even video games. How cool would it be oh, to yeah. have a little song in a video game? You know, there's this one drummer I saw who's who's blowing up on Instagram and whatnot, and he now has his own character. Uh, I'm not good at video games, but it's this one. I'm terrible. Yeah, there's they have their own world, and he just has his own character in it now. Like that's super cool, and he, obviously he's getting paid for it. So there's a lot of room for that. Um, well, well not not obviously, but you know, pr hopefully and presumably, but you know, it's you hard to me. tell these days, <laughs> right? The other shift is um, it used to be like you hang on to every little percentage point like grim death. Um, but I think there's a time and a place like absolutely you don't want to be exploited. But, um, you know, I look at all this Nashville style writing um, where you're, you're kind of, you know, you're, you're sharing publishing no matter what goes on in the room um, uh, because that it's just fair. You know, nobody knows, you know, one idea sparks another. It's like it only makes sense to split it down. Um, you know, equally Even. on that. So yeah. I, I, you know, the other piece of advice, I, you know, I was given and, and I, I feel like I pass on it's, you know, it's, it's better to have like, you know, 10% of something than a hundred percent of nothing. Um, and so deal <laughs> terms are, are, are deal terms are deal terms. And, and that's, that's the way the, the world works. And, um, so, you know, educating yourself on, 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 you know, how, how royalties work and how front end and, and you know, hopefully you have, you know, people have the ability to kind of access somebody that, that, um, well, I guess that's somebody's the internet, you know, but, um, yeah. you know, just to, just to find out a little bit more about, uh, how, how everything works and functions so that, you know, you can tread that fine line between, you know, feeling like you're, you're kind of, uh, you're, you're, you're contributing, but you're not being exploited. Like, um, that's, that's the balance. It's a good point. It's a good point. It's a very uh, lucrative industry, but you've got to be careful with with uh, the vultures. There are a lot of vultures out there, and and also not so much vultures. Sometimes just people that are unaware of what's going on, and, and they make a move. But sometimes they are very aware. Anywho, that is yeah. the basics. We are moving into the speed rounds. This is the speed round. The it's the speed round. Speed it's the speed round. round. Oh, yeah, that's that sick! I love that. <laughs> not again! Not again! <laughs> oh, I wanted to hear it again. That was that was tight. Um, oh. <laughs> hopefully, it's not so fast that my 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 brain, my my COVID era brain will lag behind here. But you know, I'll do my best. I won't. I won't make any. I won't. I won't say yes or no to that. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially, what we're doing here is I'm going to give you 20 different questions, okay. and you have less than three seconds to answer each. If you go past oh, the three second period. The grumpy sound guy will give you a buzzer that sounds like this. Oh, that's I made definitely no not a buzzer. <laughs> oh, there, th oh, that's the buzzer. <laughs> um, uh, they're not. They're not challenging questions. No justifications until after. Cool. Oh wow! Oh man, pressure. Love it. <laughs> Alrighty, Tom. What is your favorite activity to do? Uh, I'll be with my family. Grayson MG recently won the Canadian Production Company of the Year. Correct. Yes. What's your favorite meal? Pizza. Dead or alive, who do you like to have dinner with? Ah, uh, gotta be Hendrix. Did you ever play soccer against Pickering College while at UCC? Oh, no. I wish I had. But I wish I played for Liverpool FC. Maybe, ah, maybe Jurgen needs another 48-year-old striker. I don't know. But You I'm never know. <laughs> Is water wet? Yes, always. Make the first sound that comes to your mind. Woo! 
<laughs> when was the Grayson Music Group founded? Technically, ninety-seven. Ninety-seven. If mo or ooh, if movie is to watch, then Netflix is to chill. Do you have any nicknames? Tuner. You have a BA in North American Studies from where? McGill University. Is this the best nothing interview you've heard? What's that? <laughs> Sorry, I was saying nothing. Nothing to do with music <laughs> exactly. whatsoever. Exactly. That's the yeah. irony. Mine is nothing either. Anywho, is this the best interview you've had so far? Hundred percent. Adventure or leisure? Adventure. How many partners make up GMG? Ooh, five. Who is an artist that you currently find the most exciting? Oh man! Oh God, that's the that's the hardest question of all of them. I'll justify <laughs> that after. I, I will. I promise. The next round is on me. What are you having? <laughs> uh, I think a coffee at this point. What does MASA an acronym for? Music and Sound Awards. Nice. Who is your all-around favorite person in the world? Uh oh, I'd have to. That's a tie between my wife and kids. What is your favorite city? Toronto. And can you imagine a world without music? It's like a world without love. No. Yeah, it's bleak. Very, very bleak. <laughs> Tom, we made it through the speed round. It wasn't so bad, hey? No, no, no. That was good. I, my my panic was unfounded. We're we're good. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I am curious though about the the artist Lucal. You said her name is. Yeah, Lucala. Yeah, Lucala. I mean, so I'm gonna as, have to as, check her out. Yeah, as far as like, you know, somebody that's been involved in 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 what we're doing and um and and uh, is is about to drop some stuff. Like, uh, it's uh, she's definitely like a, just a talent. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, they're, they're, and that's, that's one, again, one of the things we're, we're, we're doing is trying to connect, uh, artists and producers and, and get them excited about, um, co-writes and, um, get them excited about the idea of like crafting songs, whether it's, uh, for the artist in the room or, um, you know, and if there's a release in there, uh, but also pushing it through our sync channels, because, you know, that's, um, that's how you can just keep getting profile and um, yeah. And again, at the end of the day, an artist should get paid. So absolutely. That's exactly what way. we're trying to do here. We're trying to, whether they want to get signed or not, um, how can the artist get paid and not only just financially, but like benefit from what they're working and their communities can work on or, or benefit from it as well. So, so I like the work that you're doing. We got to, I like the work that you're doing. Um, speed round. You. Speed round is good to go. We're moving on to what's yo take. What's your take? Let me hear you say. What's your take? Can't hear you now. What's your take? Oh, I think I that's it. my favorite. <laughs> yeah, that is uh, that was it's maybe groovy, my favorite as well. You know? It's groovy. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> All right, Tom. So, and what's your take? I'm going to be, we're, we're back to open discussion now. And essentially, we're just looking for your wisdom. I do have a kind of a theme for the episode, so I'll share that with you. Uh, following the career path of a decorated composer responsible for building one of the premier music production companies in North America. What happens? So we did talk a little bit about your early career, McGill, right after McGill. 
but can you take that experience perhaps perhaps summarize your greatest challenge from that and then what would you tell your younger self with from your perspective now oh two good questions um yeah so the the biggest challenge was i mean we decided to kind of do it on our own like we were um like i think in the environment now it's maybe a little trickier to do that unless you already have profile let's say in in, in the sync world um so one one of the biggest challenges was like figuring out like okay well who is who's going to commission us to write music um and for for us early on um even though i said you know it's like that kind of uh verboten kind of sellout type um uh notion behind it we 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 picked brand uh brand work and advertising that was kind of the way we first started out and and um but the challenge there was just even getting out and 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 meeting the right people and figuring out how it works and who to talk to um you know and if you look at um even just the the, the I, getting used to the idea of like okay well there's the brand itself but you know quite often you know there are lots of different configurations but you know there's that sort of brand layer um there's typically like an agency of record or or, or an agency that's that's doing some commu communication for that brand and then those people within that agency so figuring out you know which where are the creatives like how how, how do i get them excited about um wanted to work with us um and so that was a that was a huge challenge right off the bat um we were lucky in that um we met uh, a few kind of i guess pinwheels that, that felt like they really had uh some influence like one, one was a um a really prominent uh, commercial director at the time named pete henderson and um from there we were actually able to create like a like a showreel or, or like a portfolio work uh which is a huge hugely important thing um if you're if you're looking to um let, let, i mean that's the first question i will ask if, if somebody like a like an artist or, or, or um, composer producer wants to um or songwriter wants to to send stuff uh our way is you know like kind of what have, what have you done and um one thing is just straight up like uh songs they've written and um but the other huge component is um kind of what have you done in sync like the the, the av world it's it's a slightly it's a fine-tuned it's a slightly different flexing of of the of the musical muscle i guess over the musical brain uh, um and then the second part of the question was what would i tell my younger self right um the, like i don't know if this will sound counterintuitive but like just be less stressed like honestly like it's not um and, and less yeah less worried about how like you know your craft like you know what you know if if you feel like what you're doing has merit then so be it it, it, it has merit and try and stand behind that and um and just be a little less ironically like worried about what other people think um you know if if, if you believe in what you're doing um was that, there a that doesn't mean to say um i think i feel like i'm still learning that honestly yeah, like it, it's it's, it, it's a it's a part of the it's it's just it's just it's hard to switch off um and and you you can do it to yourself too like you know be kind to yourself like with your negative self-talk I, I always look at like the process of composition or songwriting 
um, I think in this most like perfect form, you're just kind of, you're in that, you know, so-called flow state and things are just, they're rolling and things are coming out. Um, it's not to say all the ideas are great, but it's just coming out nicely. But there's like, uh, there's the musician brain and then there's, there's the producer brain. They don't always like, there's sometimes at odds, like, uh, like I look at like my musician brain wants to just <laughs> kind of keep putting stuff in. And my producer brain wants to just keep taking stuff out. Like it's like, oh, you don't need that. And, and it's like, don't fall in love with the parts. It's like sometimes the thing you start with, like, could be that one sample or something. It's like, it like doesn't even make it into the ending track, right? So it's like, or the final track. And and but so be it. That that was one of those things that brought you to what you needed to right. do. So, right. Um. Anyway, so I just be like, maybe I, I just if I'd been a little less uptight or something like. You know, in more in like the kind of, um, you know, it's through the process of it. Like, it's important to like really care about whatever you're creating. As I said, like whatever, whatever it's for. Um, but um, you know, you, you have to be able to kind of draw draw a line because otherwise you're just into a whole yeah, just yeah. bag of stress, <laughs> down world spiral. Yeah, that's interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Um, you also mentioned earlier working with brands and, and agencies, that can be quite daunting. Um, did you, in anticipation to that, in this learning process, did you, I guess, maybe over time, let me just stop assuming, at what point in time did you build a portfolio to like better prepare yourself for working with them? And how did you prove to them that you matched their caliber? Well, you have to take your, your career seriously as like an AV um, composer in that like every time you know in terms of building a portfolio building a reel like you're kind of every time there's something that you feel showcases your work better or something that's more current or feels like it's like a better reflection of what you can do that you kind of you have to update all your channels and 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 so on because that's you know that's you putting your best foot forward it, it, now I mean, we, again, we, we did it in a bit of an unusual way in the sense, and maybe it's it's probably more common now. Like we just started out like literally, we didn't know what we didn't know. We just like, we're like, fuck this. Let's just get out there and do it. And and like, let's just start talking to people. Who's making these ads? Let's go talk to them. Yeah. You know, whereas I think a more common approach would be like, um, you know, talking to some of the, the, the major players in the, on the, in the uh, you know, production house front, like the music production house front. My next question for you would be how how would the the new the novice composer I have a body of work I feel confident in it who should I contact first or am I like researching an agency and building a like uh, a pitch to them what is my first step so that I can get that dollar bill in my pocket Well I I think they should call us and oh. reach out to us, you know, right. like, I, I think, you know, we're, um, it, you know, it used to be more of a walled garden, I would say, like I said, it was more of an in-house model. Now it's like, we, we want um, the best talent and partnerships like um, that we can possibly create. And that's, that's worldwide. Like, I, I think, you know, whether it's us, uh, you know, there, there are lots of other, uh, um, like music houses in Canada and certainly in the, in the United States. Um, and it's, it's, it's really, it's starting to like to, to, to have, try and get, get in front of some of those people. Okay. Um, 
so so we've spoken about potentially getting licensing and whatnot with your music um <clears throat> but let's take it a couple of steps back even further what would you say the best way to start composing music is and not just like picking up a guitar but like let's 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 ask you specific questions um maybe what would you recommend your first purchase be is it a DAW an instrument or specific training where would you go where would you spend your first 100 to 50 dollars um ah oh, these are good questions um it, it even before you spend a a cent i would say um you should be listening to what you want to emulate like what i what's the i think the igor stravinsky quote is like a good composer borrows a great composer steals like we're standing on the shoulders of giants right like there's there's there are so there's so much precedent of like amazing music like like what are you trying everyone starts off as 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 a mimic right in 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 a way so it's like it's getting a sense and that helps you with production and 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 but as far as like the practical you just you need an interface you need a daw like again like fl or or um uh ableton like um those are great places to start and um and like there's no there's no real excuse for you know on the sample side of things because i mean if you look at the splice packs that are coming out now um you know for whatever the um the monthly subscription is it's it's probably worth it i mean this is a big ad for splice isn't it um but yeah. it it's um like the, those those three things i think that'll fit within your 150 first 150 bucks obviously you need a, a computer yeah that, <laughs> that, 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 that too that helps would you recommend um, picking up an instrument um specifically not just like for in or for interest of playing an instrument but to complement the rest of your composing career and if you did to which totally one? sorry yeah I, that, that, and, and in fact maybe i just kind of assumed that that the, the profile of person we're talking to already has some familiarity uh with an instrument i don't think there are any hard and fast rules it's not a bad idea to to know a bit of piano um um i find like i think being a guitarist has really helped because i can kind of pick up a lot of stuff in the in like in the guitar family but i find when you're recording whether it's like your your voice or you know i'm looking around my room here like where like an ukulele or or whatever it is that's usually got more character and texture in your recording and it's also something that nobody else out there has done in that particular moment you're creating something that hasn't been done as opposed to sure there there are a zillion amazing samples that you can use out there um but they're all out there and you know right. so there's that question of like yeah sure which is you know there's certainly nothing wrong with that either i mean right um but to, to be able to express yourself uniquely is is you know is can be pretty important i think i agree awesome okay um <clears throat> that's great we uh, that you you pretty much answered all of my sub questions to that so another question i have for your scores and for your different just kinds of composing song ideas when they're super raw when you're just walking down the road and they pop into your head how do you organize them what do you do to record these oh man voice notes all the time like every session somebody's always got voice notes going on all the time and and i realize now like i even i go through um when i can i go through old voice notes because you never know you're as you as you're 100 right like when an idea is going to strike and 
you know, it's really is whatever is accessible at that moment. And then you can turn it into something later or be like, ah, oh, okay, maybe I'll, I'll save that. Um, because like, you know, we call them like little nuggets that you can, you can rely on in a, in a co-write or, um, you know, or, or like, let's say you're like, oh, what happened to that one idea I had here? This could be like a perfect little theme for some other project. When you, you've got your, your voice note, for example, let's say we're in voice note still, you've got your raw idea. Uh, how much energy are you directing towards song structure itself? Oh, um, I would say the voice note is just about getting the idea out. Like it depends on where it happens. Like if it's happening in a co-write, you know, you may have a better idea of, of how it fits out, like, you know, verse pre-chorus or bridge, if it's a bridge part or whatever it is. Um, but most of the time, like if it's just striking you or if you're just noodling something on the guitar or God, I hate that word noodle. I don't know why I use that, but um, <laughs> let's just say you're playing the guitar or whatever. Anyway, um, and, um, you know, it's just something you just don't want to just disappear into the ether. Then, yeah, just punch the voice note. And um, that may be just a really specific part. And, and again, you may not even know what it's for. Like, sure, that could be like, is that a verse part? We have that conversation all the time where we sit, you know, when you're sitting in co-writes, I'm sure you've had this where you're just um, like, does this feel like more of a pre or, hmm, or is this, is this the chorus? Usually if you're asking that, it's probably right. not the chorus. Probably not. The, yeah. uh, or Do you ever find that you pop? sit like, in a room with other songwriters and then go through your library of voice notes and let's um, see what you're feeling? I think like, well, certainly like if, if I'm, producing it's it's not a bad idea to have like um like i usually try and think about well definitely think about like you know you're, you're listening to the artists you're working with their you know their prior material you're you're kind of asking questions about like what what you think they're going for um those answers aren't always there but like it's always nice to have a couple things i don't want to say in the can but like just ideas of like where you want to start things and then where to go if it's a total train wreck, you know, it's like, um, th th there's another idea. And then sometimes it could just start with like a, like just a beat, you know, and then all of a sudden that, oh, that sparks people in the room. And, um, yeah, so it, it's, it's just a matter of, um, how, you know, how and when you actually want to introduce that. What happens if they're flowing great... in different directions? Oh man. Well, the room usually, it depends on who's in there. Yeah. Really? Because, how do you, how do you uh, yeah, it's, it's personalities and egos. That's why I say as well, like get out of your own way too. Like, um, you know, don't be shy. Like sometimes it's like, you know, we've had a few things where you kind of, you're running something and then something in the background is just humming something. You're like, Oh, oh what was that? Like, yeah, hit me with that again. And, and all of a sudden that's like turned into something. Yeah. Just always be kind of be listening and, 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 um, yeah, you just never know where things are going to go. And then, you know, trust, trust instincts because at the end of the day, like, if you can't kind of go with with your gut on, and and what you feel is is going to work, then you know it probably. Or if you're trying to chase something, it's like it should sound more like this. If you're trying to chase something outside the room, then I I just don't think you end up with as a genuine a result. And and if it's not as genuine, then and not from the heart, then I just don't. You know, I think that those, those ideas tend to fall flat more. I think. Would you would you remove yourself from the process if your gut feeling was not the same as the other gut feelings in the room and you weren't able to like come to an agreement? How would you handle that situation? Uh sometimes it's like you just 
um, again, it depends on your personality and the, the person that and the personality of the person that you're you're maybe kind of not really getting along with. And sometimes it just doesn't work out, and you're like, oh, okay, well, you know, I, I think it's important just to get something, like leave the room with something down. And sometimes, like, like it's like, okay, well, it's not the way I would have necessarily done it, but that's why you're co-writing, like, um, and and let it be you know what you know what what uh what the room kind of wants it to be or and sometimes you know if you really feel like it's you know guys we're we're really missing out like this is we're missing on this if we pass on this idea like i think we've missed it um you know it's it's trying to find that that balance you know and and that's where you know to the prior comment about like where ego comes in um and just really just in the true sense of like just trying to step away from yourself a little bit and just be like, okay, let's try to really like objectively look at this idea and whether it's got merit. Um, it's, that's, it's, that's, it's, uh, it makes helpful. so much sense. And like, I don't know why others don't see it so clearly. Um, we are getting near the end of time. Do you have a couple minutes extra or do you have to leave sharp at 12? No, no, I, I'm good. A couple I, minutes. I can, okay. I we won't push too long. Longer. Um, yeah. You were talking a little bit about how there are similarities uh, between composing in general for music and advertising and branding and this and that, but also there are like strict differences in terms of what you're looking for or what the people are looking for. So the question itself is, how does song structure differ when, compri or when composing for mainstream music as opposed to for film or for series? Oh, perfect question. Yeah, like really, as a as a film and TV uh, episodic TV uh, writer, it's a bit of a catch-all. I would say, like, y your job is to serve the picture and serve the storyline, and you know, in whatever way possible. It doesn't like it doesn't mean you can like you're you're not you're not the entire show. You know what I mean? Like, it, regardless of how important a cue is, and believe me, it can be you know, 50%, uh, more than 50%, like in, in terms of the overall takeaway. Um, obviously, I'm biased on that part. But um, it, it what it means is like the structures are kind of out the window. Like I, um, you you write the parts that, uh, that the film requires. Like um, it doesn't matter if there's no pre. Um, and certainly, you know, in many cases, it doesn't matter if there's a hook. Sometimes like um, sometimes it, it, it's not even an identifiable instrument. It could be literally like a solo um uh, solo instrument that's or 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 a warped synth that's almost like a hum or a tone or a drone or something that uh that's still like distinctive uh but but carries the scene and yeah you that's don't need a hook there like yeah. yeah yeah um so i the structure is very it can be very very different um and 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 a real sense of um when to lay off and 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 when to go in like the, the benefit you have is with you know with the showrunners or the creators is um you get to do these uh, so-called spotting sessions where you really earmark with all the the temp tracks um that the editors put in place that they've been cutting together you you try and really um navigate the sound posts in 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 a particular scene uh where you're figuring out um you know let's lay off the dialogue here. And then here's an important turning point. And this needs help because whatever, maybe the performance wasn't, or the performance need maybe needs a bit of help or, 
it just the performance is so good that we want to kind of lay off it that's where where a lot of the you know that instruction comes in and that's when you have to be a bit of a translator a musical translator i've never heard of the term music translator before uh for someone that's like trying to get better at doing everything that you just described essentially can you give them any tips to become a better translator uh yeah but look that's i i think it's it's understanding at least in a rudimentary way like like um like how how you know western music works and and the principles of it and um and because often you'll get um you'll get questions about like well i want to feel like like there, there's a lot of tension here or or that's like or, or there's a chase scene or something is happening though those will people will speak to you in everyday kind of language you know with those things or i want to feel such and such emotion um it'll automatically kind of take you to, you know, uh, not necessarily a key, but like a, like a tempo, um, or, or a, like even a, <clears throat> a structure or, or like a, a baseline to kind of start from, uh, that feels like, oh, this would accomplish that. Um, this might accomplish that emotion. Do you have any like subliminal techniques that you use in your music to have people feel these kinds of emotions? I just have me at really low volume saying, this is really good. <laughs> this is really good by this. Yeah, I, I wish. Yeah. Um, man, I think there, there there's so many different techniques. Um, uh, for for me, like I do try to make um, make everything, uh, for, you know, as unique as you can can make it um, within reason. I mean, it, you know, the, and and I, I'm not saying like you have to come up with insane chord progressions that have never been done before they've all been done before but yeah. um you, you know like th there are different ways to express that maybe that that high that showcase your musical personality like uh, on on the um on the film and tv front like i really think like it's it's um there there it's it's one of those mediums that, that, that like you you have you know uh, the ability to express yourself uh maybe with more um bandwidth than you than than certainly like uh more mainstream music um because you know you're not confined to structure necessarily and um and and you know there aren't aren't as many rules about like well this is how a pop you know track should go like you know this is how a dua lipa track is like you, you know what i mean all the rules that that we tell ourselves but the reality is the people that are that have these amazing breakthrough hits um you know that that are so very different you know like when lord came out however many years ago like because it was different like it felt like it expressed songwriting in a different way you know um and 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 so i i i, I don't know i always err on the side of like um you know do something more unique um and um you know as long as as if it's if it's still likable you know, I think the uniqueness only just takes it to that other dimension. I got, uh, Tom, I got one more quick question for you from the back. If you can answer that, like, like 30 seconds and then a final segment, which is like another minute. And then we're, we're pretty much wrapping up. Okay. I, cool. I'll, so, I'll keep it short. I, this, I next question. this next question. Um, do you think that artists need to be able to read music? Do you think they need to be trained classically to like excel no. at this? I, I don't think it's a prerequisite. No. And, and in fact, we, we, we've had in-house composers like that 
you know, that have they've got masters or PhDs and some that have zero musical training whatsoever. You, you either hear it or you don't. That It's pretty binary, I think. Make it work. Make it work. All yeah, right, Tom, we've work. got clear the air. Stop recording. Cut. Cut. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tom. Yeah, thank you. Um, in Clear the Air, we have one of our fans, our smartest, and the grumpy sound guy. Grumpy sound guy is not actually here today because he is ill, so he sent me his question. Uh, but first, I will share with you the question from our fam. Her name is Stasia. Hello, Tom. My name is Stasia. My question for you is, at what point in an artist's career are they ready to work with Grace and MG or similar companies? And what does your ideal client look like? Ooh, okay. Um, thanks, Stasia. I would say um, for, for us, like we, we do want, I don't want to say like the fully formed article, but um, you, you definitely should like if you're coming in as as a producer, songwriter, composer, you should you should have a body of work to, from from which to to show like your show reel, um, you know projects you've done, projects you're proud of, collaborations. What what depending on 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 what area um, you're you're looking at us for. So, um, what was the second part of the question? The, the second part. Uh, what does your ideal client look like? So essentially, you you described that. Um, and so this is probably not an upcoming artist. This is probably someone that's been in it for two to three years at least. They can talk to people. They're familiar yeah. with the industry. I would say, like, um, I'm really, really super pumped about uh, single. And um, I would say get in touch with us on that SNGL. Um, we have an upcoming camp in November. Um, I mean, right now I think we've got, 40 sessions booked and, and this is like from LA to, to Nashville to Toronto. Um, you know, we've got writers coming in from Concord, Nice Life, Arts and Crafts, uh, Dual Tone, um, uh, Mass Appeal and, and Premier Music Group. Um, so it, it's um, it's a great opportunity to, um, to get some co-writes in. And, and I think in order to... Um, get a seat at the table there. It's like, again, you, you want to, you want to be able to kind of illustrate it like a track record, um, you know, stuff you've worked on. Has it been cut? Has it been synced? Um, and like, as, as I said, we're always looking for uh, artists and producers to collaborate with um, in, in, especially in these camps. Huge. That's huge for community. That's uh, that's awesome. Um, and then the grumpy sound guy question. Oh, big shout out to Stasia. Thank you for that question. Grumpy's question. He uh he did a little bit of research on you and he hears that you're a football fan. Um, he wants to know a little bit about the story, how you got to begin composing for composing music for CBC's FIFA World Cup and Olympic coverage. Ah, uh, yes, okay. Just briefly. So, yeah, <laughs> please pray, please keep it short, Tom. Okay, uh, grew up in England and uh, became like a huge Liverpool fan and uh, was gutted when I wasn't invited to the camp because my parents would let me go. Anyway, I thought it was going to be a huge star. Um, and, um, you know, it, it, we, we had done, I, I'd kind of done a little reach out. Uh, this is in 2010, just pr prior to, sorry, tw 2009, prior to the, the uh, World Cup in South Africa. 
a little reach out to the creative director uh, at this at the CBC um, on that project. Basically, on on something else. It was like we presented um, uh, like it was it was this, actually a song about Canada that we're like you know we we just kind of did this because we're all Olympic fans and and we'd love to just you know is there a home for it somewhere? Which again is is like is not a bad lesson. Just just you know if if you don't if you don't try like nothing will happen so yeah. um based on that um they gave us the opportunity to 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 rfp or to to pitch on on this uh fifa music theme and um you know i like to think it's because i'm such a huge footy fan that uh um that that's that's why it came through but it it was it was a really fun piece um and um i really enjoyed writing it and um it ended up translating into all of this. Um, you know, we've done the last uh, four Olympics, or yeah, and and um, and all the World Cups um, for, that that CBC has had the broadcast rights on. So it's a super thrill, just as a sports fan and and uh, as a football fan. Football. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that. That was it. Thanks, Grumpy Sound Guy. That was a great question. Yeah, big shout out to the Grumpy Sound Guy for that, and thank you for your answer. Um, this brings us to the near end. Tom, do you have any final words for us? Uh, just, you know, like if you believe in, in what you're doing, there are always <laughs> tools like to, to better yourself um, and to get your music heard. Um, and, um, you know, whether it's a hobby or what, like, you know, if, if you are aspiring to, to make it the career and, and, and follow through, um, always trust in that like there are more resources now available to better yourself uh, in this field than there ever have been truth um so like there's no excuse um you know everyone's got access um so th that's that's actually one of the best things that 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 kind of democratizing of of uh of of sound and music um so we have that now yes yes we do Tom Weston, thank you so much for being here. I very much enjoyed having a conversation with you. Smartists, if you want to stay connected with us, follow along with our free Facebook group. It is goproduce.ca forward slash groups. Um, uh, I'm saying um too many times. My name is Big Lou, and I want to see you there. We out. <laughs>